Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Hello and welcome to Mary's Helper Live. This is Dr. Joe Beam here, and today we'll be taking your calls and talking to you about whatever is on your mind when it comes to relationships. We talk about all kinds of relationship things, but particularly relationship things that have to do with marriages in trouble. But we'll talk to you about anything you wish. You can call us at 657 3830812 that's 6573830812 and when you do that if you just want to listen on your phone you can do it that way but if you wish to speak to me then what you want to do as soon as you hear the answer you press the number 1 and that puts you in the queue so you can talk to a call screener and hopefully that will then lead you to be on the air with us If you are new to us, understand that we at Marriage Helper do a lot of things helping marriages. We are all four people, even the people who are not yet married, who are looking to possibly at some point get married. We can help you as well. And so we talk about a thing called pies. That's physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. And in those, we can give you a lot of insights about how you become the best person that you can be. And therefore, more attractive, not just physically attractive, but attractive wholesomely, holistically, in all kinds of ways that lead other people to want to be in relationships with you. And then we can also teach you how to choose which person, if any of those, that you really want to be in a relationship with. Because for sure, you don't want to be in a relationship that starts off badly if you can help it. But hey, if you're in a relationship and it goes bad, we can help. We've been doing this for a quarter of a century. And we've been helping thousands and thousands and thousands of people, not just in America, but around the world. And we, if you get into a relationship difficulty, would like to help you as well. So give us the chance. You can contact us at Marriage Helper. That's Marriage Help E-R, MarriageHelper.com. You can find us there. And I'll give you some numbers as we go to the program. If you'd ever want to call and talk to one of our client representatives about the various things we have, what we do, and how we may assist you. So you see? We're in the relationship business, all the way from how to choose the right relationship to how to salvage a relationship that's in trouble and everything in between. And so on this program, people call and they actually call from all over the world. (laughs) They really do. I think the only continent we have not heard from in this program so far is Antarctica. And if you want to call us toll free, our toll free number is 866 903-0990. That's 866-903-0990. Now, I'm not sure how that works in other countries, but I know that works in the good old US of A. And we'd like to hear from you, no matter what country you're in. We work with people from around the world. And so if you can't get us on that toll-free number, remember, you can call us with the, uh, starting with the country code 1, and then the area code 615, and then 472-1161. 
So one, that's the America's country code, one, then 615, that's our area code, and then 472-1161 if you can't get through to us on that toll-free number. So let's start talking to people today and uh, see how we can help some folks with the live callers here. We're first going to go to the great state of Texas right here in the USA, and we're going to speak to Craig. Hi, Craig. How are you today? Oh, I pressed the wrong button, Craig. Let me try it again. <laughs> Technology and I do not always mix. So, Craig from Texas, are you there? Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. I can. Can you hear me okay. now? Yeah, I can hear you. It was my fault. I pressed the wrong button, Craig. I may help you, my friend. Uh, well, I appreciate you taking my call. First of all, um, I have a, qu- a question. I um, uh, Let me just kind of start from the beginning. Uh, February the 9th. Uh, my wife and I, we lost her youngest son in a car accident. Um, and uh, since then, she she's taken it really, really, really tough and hard. Uh, of course, you know, she has three children all together, uh, which this was her youngest. And uh, March 25th, she kind of, she, she told me she needed some space and, and time with her children and everything. She kind of blamed me for uh, his death saying, you know, if years in his relationship was a lot better, you know, he'd been living here with us, you know, today and I've been able to keep an eye on him and everything and keep him out of trouble, which I think it was just anger talking, you know, and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, Thursday, this coming Thursday will be exactly three months since she's been, you know, been gone at the beginning. Everything was kind of okay. You know, we communicated mm-hmm. and stuff and I love you and, stuff like mm-hmm. that she'd come up with her and we'd sit and talk uh, mm-hmm. and uh then for about the past three weeks it's just kind of gone cold and distant and shut down and everything and uh mm-hmm. i can't she won't go to therapy or grief therapy or anything i've tried to do get her to do that i bought her books mm-hmm. you know i've gone to a couple of different therapists trying to figure out ways to help her and, uh mm-hmm. just don't know where to go to from here to be honest with you Okay, a couple of questions if I may, Craig. What is the relationship like with the other two children now? <clears throat> now, uh, I had to say it, it, it was it was two boys and a girl, and of course the girl was great. She lived with us. Uh, the boys mm-hmm. was rock was rocky. Uh, you know, they uh, they were teenagers and didn't didn't like our rules and stuff like that. Okay, but uh, now since the death of the youngest child, how is she getting along with the other two? How is she getting along with the other two? She gets along with them mm-hmm. great. She's always got along with her children. Both okay. of them are great. And so the only person that she's pulling away from is you. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm the only one she's pulling away from. Yes, sir. Now, you say that, that uh, the child was killed in a car wreck. First of all, I'm so, so very sorry that occurred. Right. But does she Thank somehow you. hold you responsible for that? For the car well, wreck? Whenever she said, uh, you know, I said, well, why? You know, she told me she had to, you know, need a space and leave. You know, I said, I'm not sure. I'm not understanding what's going on. You know, she said, well, I kind of, I blame you for, you know, his death. And, uh, it, you know, if yours and his relationship would have been better, you know, he'd been living here with us. He, he kind of. Oh, okay. So he, the child he, he was in a car with somebody else. The child was not in a car with you. Uh, no, 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 no. Was, okay, and so she's blaming you because she's saying if you had gotten along better with this kid, the kid would be living with us, therefore the kid would not have been in that car. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically, he'd gotten into some drugs and alcohol at a young, you know, 17 years old, and uh, uh, he didn't like our rules, so he stayed with his either his dad or his grandparents, you know. 
and uh, he, he didn't want to live here and obey obey my rules, you know. Um, okay. No drugs and alcohol in the house and stuff. Okay, so I got uh, – pardon me, Craig. Somehow I got confused in all that. So the child that was killed in the car, it was 17? Correct. Yes, sir. Okay, okay. I got confused with that somehow. I'm, I'm so sorry. All right. So she's looking for somebody to blame because she's lost her child. And and so you become convenient because it's like, well, what if? And and you and I both know, of course, that you can what if anything, and it doesn't really help much at all, right? I mean, we both know that, yes. correct? Yes, okay. sir. You're exactly right. So is she speaking to you at all at this point? Uh, she has gotten for about the past three weeks where um, she will not. Uh, I write letters. I still kind of send text messages every every so often, letting know you know I'm loving her. I'm still standing for her and here she needs mm-hmm. me. Um, she uh, she just basically cut off all contact. Uh, when I say, for instance, I send a text, just you know, let you know that I love you. I'm here for you. She doesn't mm-hmm. reply. She'll just uh, I didn't know you push that text message and it'll give you a little heart emoji you can put up at the top left hand corner. That's that's her replies, you know. And uh, she had sent me a text the other day saying, I received all your letters and they don't go unread. And when I, I'm just so lost and confused and don't know what I'm doing, uh, when I'm able to, I'll sit down and talk to you. So, Okay. So you're thinking then that her response, even though she's not responding immediately to your letters, you're, you're thinking that her response is basically positive. She's not angry that you're sending these things. She's just not immediately responding, but, but she's not mad that she's getting them. She actually is reading them. Is that what I'm hearing you say? I, that's the way I feel. I, I think okay. she's, you know, she is reading them. So you're supporting her as best you can. Let me make a couple of suggestions if I can, Craig, and see if maybe this might be of some assistance to you. I hope that it will be. First of all, I'm going to give you a, a website to go check out, if you will. I'm not sure exactly how, <clears throat> pardon me, <clears throat> pardon me, my allergies are acting up today. Let me get a sip of coffee here. I'm not sure how much material they actually have on their website, okay? But I know that these are good people. I know them very well, and they have a lot of really good information about how to help people with grief. And so here what I recommend is this. You go to Spark of Life. That's S-P-A-R-K, Spark, O-F, of Life, L-I-F-E. All big one word, sparkoflife.org, dot O-R-G. David and Debbie Matthews are the ones that are over that. They're friends of mine. I've known them for decades. And they do a really good job at helping people deal with grief. Now, realize that you said that your wife right now is not ready to have any help. I get that. But if you go to that website, I think you're going to find some information there that will be of value to you in learning how to help her. And, of course, there's a way you can contact them. You can go to website that website and be able to contact them in some fashion. And, and they can help you. If anybody can help you with this, it will be them. Now, the thing is that I'm so comfortable recommending them is because David and Debbie also work with us. And they work with us in helping marriages that are in trouble. And so they'll be able to help in two ways. One is helping to understand her grief process and whenever she is ready to help her go through that grief process. And the other is because they understand marriage is in difficulty, be able to help you right now. Now, I'm not trying to refer you away from us. They still work with us. But if you go to sparkoflife.org, I think those people there are going to be able to help you with what you need right now when it comes to this grief. Grief is a tough thing. 
And I'm glad that she's not reacting badly when you're supporting her. That's actually a good thing. I'm glad that that is occurring. And so I would recommend you keep doing that, but just be careful that you don't overdo it. Okay, and then we're going to go to the great state of Ohio here in the good old U.S. of A. and speak to Devin. Hi, Devin. How are you today? I'm doing fine. How are you, Dave? Or I'm sorry, rocking Joe. And bopping. <laughs> I'm rocking and bopping. Let me help you, my friend. Uh, yeah, so my wife, um, she, about a month ago, asked for a, a divorce. Um, to me, it was out of the blue. I didn't really know uh, that it was coming. But she's pushing extremely hard for it. She just wants me to start the process. She just wants to move on as quickly as possible. And I don't know if I should help her with that process or try and slow her down. Okay. I'm asking a couple of questions. Typically, Devin, people don't leave what they have unless they believe that what they're going to is better. Let me explain that in a couple of ways. Sometimes that means there's something else out there that's attracting them. Of course, that can sometimes be another person. It can be a lifestyle. It can be a fantasy. They're chasing a dream they're after. But people typically don't leave what they have unless they believe what they're going to is better. And one other part Mm -hmm. of that, and that is that if people are absolutely miserable in a relationship, sometimes they will see being alone as being better. Now, mm-hmm. you said it came out of the blue, so I'm going to assume that your relationship has not been a bad relationship. Is that correct? I mean, we all have our bad times, of course, uh, but to give you some background information, she, we had a mutual friend whose mother passed away, and mm-hmm. she was going over to help him through the time, and apparently mm-hmm. during that time he admitted he had feelings for her, mm-hmm. and she apparently admitted them back. And, uh, yeah. Okay. So, so he's involved in this. The thing that she believes is better is being with him. Is that what I'm hearing you say, my friend? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Now your question, if I understood it is okay. Should I go ahead and um, help her get this divorce thing started to show that I'm supporting her? If you were to do that, what would you expect to be the advantage to you or her or anything? Well, I've started taking your uh, 10-week course, and she told me that she didn't feel like I ever validated her emotions. Mm-hmm. And I'm tr- by doing this, I'm wondering if it won't help show her that I'm validating how she feels. You know, that's at least my mindset, but I know it's a slippery slope. Yeah, yeah, it really is, my friend. I think, Devin, that uh, you sound like a pretty intelligent guy. So this will make sense to you, I'm pretty sure. There's a difference in validating somebody's emotions and helping somebody's actions. So validating mm-hmm. emotions can be demonstrating that you understand. Okay, I understand that you've gotten involved with this guy. I understand that you have feelings for him. I understand that enough that you want to be away from me to be with him. I get that. And that's validating emotions. I get it. I understand. But if you help her do this, in, in these kind of situations, it, now, how quickly did that thing develop with him over what period of time? I, I haven't got exact information. I haven't started asking questions like that. I don't know if that's appropriate. So, Okay. Well, what would you get? mother passed away in early May. I, I would oh. say maybe two weeks. She, like, oh. He was a close mutual friend prior, but... Mm-hmm. And so she's already, after even a couple of weeks, already talking divorce. Is that what you're saying? Yes. She, so it's weird. She told me she has feelings for this guy, but then, so that was on May 15th. 
on June 9th, we went for our wedding anniversary. And it's only our two-year wedding anniversary, but we've been together for nine years. Mm-hmm. And she said it was a special day for her, and it, we had a blast. It was fun. And then just the other day, she asked me to please give her space for a month where we have no contact. Hmm. Okay. Well, obviously, Devin, it's your choice, as always. I mean, you you know your life. I don't. You get to make your decisions. Certainly not I. But just from what I'm hearing here, I don't see any advantage to her or you of this relationship by you helping her act quickly. I mean, mm-hmm. back, this is, okay, she's known him for a while. I get that. But this all seems to be relatively quick. And then some vacillation, at least a little bit, in the sense that you had a good day on your anniversary. And so sometimes just letting things take a lot longer to occur can help people realize, wait a minute, what the heck am I thinking? What the heck am I doing? And and particularly in the sense that this is so relatively new, I if I were talking with her and I'd be asking her questions about how could you trust what you feel right now? If it's happening this quickly, how could you give up a nine year relationship for something that you're feeling so intensely right now? But of course I'm not talking to her. So you do what you think is best, my friend. But my suggestion is don't be mean. Don't be arrogant. Don't be tough in the sense that she thinks you're a bad guy, but don't be complicit because if you help her move too rapidly, then it doesn't give her a time, a chance to kind of come to her senses, if you're allowed to use that phraseology. And so, again, it's always your choice. But I don't think that helping her do this is validating her emotions. It's, it's helping her do some things that probably aren't going to turn out very well. At least that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she's saying things like she's going to miss me and how she, could she not miss me and things like that. Mm-hmm. It gives me hope. But then again, the same day she'll tell me, please just sit down with me and sign these papers, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it, <laughs> the kind of situation you're describing is one where I would say it's, it's at least my, based on my experience with thousands of couples, it's not time to give this up yet. And mm-hmm. uh, not even close. And so if, if it were I and she said, so, you know, go ahead and sign the papers. I'd look at her and say, I understand what you feel. I, I accept the fact that you feel that today. But I'm asking you to accept how I feel as well. I do love you. And, and I just can't conscientiously do this. And uh, let's just put some time past, see what happens. And she says, but if you loved me or if you understood me or whatever else you can go, I really am trying to understand you. I really am. But this is not something mm-hmm. I can do right now. At least that's how I would approach it if it were I. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Okay. All right, Devin. I hope things work out for you, my friend. I really, truly do. Got to be a tough situation there. I mean, really a tough situation. But for all of you guys listening out there, understand this. This this, uh, intense emotion that people sometimes develop for another person. There's a word for it. Now, I don't know exactly that this is what's occurring in, in the situation we just discussed because I don't know a lot more than what you just heard. As a matter of fact, I don't know any more than what you just heard. But there's this thing called limerence, and it has to do with somebody who feels that they're, quote, madly in love, end quote, with another person. And, and that intense emotion that they feel for that other person will lead them to make some decisions that later <laughs> they're going to regret. Because of the fact that that limerence thing has a shelf life. It always ends. Now, it not, might not end tomorrow, 
You understand? If you look at the research out there, it's going to look at somewhere. It's going to last somewhere between three months and 48 months, somewhere in that range. Most of them, at least the experience I've had over thousands of couples, will end by the end of the second year of the 24th month. I've seen some go as long as 36 months. I don't think I, I don't remember dealing with one personally that ever went past that. I may have, you know, if there was so many couples, but it's got a shelf life. And I know you're thinking, if you're listening out there, good grief, 36 months, that's three years, 24 months, that's two years. I don't know if I want to wait around that long. And you certainly can make a decision not to do so. At any point, you can actually look at the other person and say, that's it, I'm done, I'm leaving. But if you love this person, and if you understand that if they're in that state that we would call limerence, brain chemicals are going crazy, all kinds of things are happening in them, and they're dealing with emotions that they feel that they have no control of. And because of that, they're making some decisions, they're making some requests for you to make decisions and so forth and so on, that at some point, it's, they're not going to feel the same way they feel now, even though, even though when they're in the midst of that, they think this is the way I'm going to feel for the rest of my life. They really do believe that. And the reason I know is not just from having read all the research out there about it. The reason I know is because of the fact that that's why I left my wife. I divorced her many years ago. We've actually been remarried 33 years now, so it's been a long time ago. But I've lived through this. I understand the intense emotions. I understand that you're making decisions thinking, I'm going to feel this way for the rest of my life. But here's one solid fact. Those emotions will change. But the consequences of those decisions are still there. And so, for example, I divorced Alice. We were divorced for three years, actually. I divorced Alice made because of those emotions, making those decisions. And when those emotions changed, when they faded away, the consequence was still there. And so that's why I recommended to Devin and recommend to you, don't help people make these decisions too rapidly. Don't help them do things too quickly. Because if you do, when those emotions finally do change, then it's kind of hard. Sometimes it's really difficult to undo those decisions, those actions they've made. And so I'm not asking anybody to be mean and, and I did use one word incorrectly with him. I said, don't be tough. Actually, I think you should be tough. Just don't be mean. Don't be arrogant. Don't, don't act in such a way that the other person thinks you're the biggest jerk I've ever met. But you can be tough and be calm. You can be tough and be gentle. And sometimes you need to be tough because you're thinking, what do I need to do? And maybe I just need to help the other person. And remember, those emotions will change. And so try your best not to help them do actions or make decisions that won't change or that will be difficult to undo. Well, always is your life. You make your own decisions, but uh, that's a suggestion I want to give you. If you want to find out more about that, by the way, if you go to YouTube.com, YouTube.com slash Marriage Helper, all wrong one word, Marriage Helper, Marriage Helper, we have hundreds hundreds of free videos on YouTube in our channel. And we'd love you to go through there and find ones that are beneficial to you. By the way, we ask that uh, you do one thing in return for those. We don't charge you for them, but we ask a favor. Subscribe. Subscribe to our channel. That helps us. That helps us with YouTube. And so we ask that pay-per-view if you go there, but there are hundreds and hundreds of videos there. And there are those videos also there about limerence. And also if you go to our website, marriagehelper.com, 
we got a lot of free resources there. And if ever you want to talk to one of our folks just to find out if what we have would be beneficial to you, remember the toll-free number, 866-903-0990. Let's go to another call now. We're going to go to Indiana. And is it uh, Latasha? Is that how you pronounce your name? Yes. Hello. Hello, Latasha. How are you? Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? I am rocking and bopping. How may I help you, Latasha? I'm so surprised I made it on the show today. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, I was a part of your solo um, uh, solo workshop. uh, Oh, you're that. You're that, Latasha. Yes, sir. (laughs) Good to talk to you again, Latasha. Good Good to talk to you also. Um, okay, and so my spouse and I are uh, planning to be at the um, uh, the 911 workshop on the 10th of July. So awesome. I'm looking Wonderful. forward to that. Good, me However, too. Um, so, uh, and I got the message about, you know, just trying not to save your marriage and just being, you know, trying to, to, to be calm and confident. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. Um, he is uh, lying about just the most obvious things. Uh, two things have occurred since I uh, did the workshop. The young lady mm-hmm. is writing things on the car when he's mm-hmm. going to see her, and he keeps, like, um, the last thing she wrote, um, she, it's only happened twice, um, but she wrote something on top of his car, and it's, um, like, by XOXO, which lets me know that it is a female. And, I mean, there's only one that I know of that is, you know, in his life, so I'm, I'm, I have to assume that's who is doing this, but when he... At first, he looks at it like, I don't even see anything. What are you talking about? And I'm like, it's right here in our face. So then he's like, well, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know who's doing all this. And so I'm, I'm struggling right now because of just a blatant, just, that was just blatant, a blatant lie. Mm-hmm. And um, to, to keep pressing, I, I don't know if you remember my situation, but I was struggling with whether or not to re-sign our lease, which mm-hmm. is coming up. I remember. I've, I've, right. I did decide to stay um, because I do feel like he's a he's a a, a good man making a bad choice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that he's made so many bad choices over the years. I'm 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 struggling to hold on to the to that thought. I have to recall other things that have happened so I can remember that he's a good, he's a good man. Honestly, and right now I'm thinking, what kind of man am I dealing with? If he just you know just lie right to my face, and I don't know if I can go another six months, even after the workshop, if, if stuff like this is going to occur. Like that's so taunting mm-hmm. and difficult for me. Um, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. To deal with. Now the workshop that you're signed up for is just what two or three weeks away, something like that. Yeah, like three weeks away. Okay, uh, I just. <laughs> I'm doing so many things right now. I try not to know what's happening past this week. <laughs> so I, I don't know what over workshops are. It's, it's overwhelming sometimes. But, uh, Latasha, here's what I recommend. Try your best because you're a strong woman. I know that you're upset, and I know that you don't like this and him lying to you. Nobody likes that, but I know it really, really gets to you. But I was impressed with you on this little workshop, and I'll explain more to the folks about what that is in a couple of minutes. But I was impressed with you there. And... Here's my recommendation to you. You're a very, very bright woman, but sometimes that can be a little bit to your disadvantage because it'll make you think too much and, and consider too many different things, et cetera. So in that, yeah. you agreed to come to the workshop, in that you're already enrolled, and that it's only just a very few weeks away, here's the best advice I can give you, my friend. Try not to think about it at all. 
Now, try not to uh, get too angry at what he does. Just remember, when people are in this kind of situations, it's not unusual that people lie. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it good. It's always still painful. But I guess what I'm asking you for, my friend, is this. Give us our shot at him. <laughs> not that we're going to shoot him. You know what I'm saying. In the sense that mm-hmm. he'll be in the work with you. <laughs> in the foot or something. <laughs> <laughs> You've also got a great sense of humor, young lady. What I'm asking is, if you can possibly just not do anything until after the workshop. Just, you know, you, you can say what you feel, etc. but try not to blow up. Try not to get angry. Try not to let him make you. <clears throat> Pardon me, Dasha. Sure. Having a lot of trouble with my allergies today. If, if indeed, you can just try to stay as calm as you can. Don't lose your mind. Don't let him get you to blow up. Just give us our chance to spend those three days in that workshop with the two of you. And, and that will give us the best chance because what I'd hate to have happen here, my friend, is that he does something dumb and you get angry and say something. And as a result, he decides not to come to the workshop with you because we would love to do our, what we can to help you guys out. And I know it can be tough, but I know that you are tough. I know you. You're tough. And if you can just be calm enough to not react too much until we can get you guys to the workshop. Now, if he keeps doing this stuff after the workshop, we can talk about what to do then. But is this making sense to you, my friend? Yes. Okay. Yes, I had a feeling you might say that. I was hoping you you were going to say, well, you can stalk her and find out where she lives, and you can tell her yourself to stop riding on this car. But I understand that. I'm just feeling a little discouraged, I guess. Yeah, I don't blame you. But look, I believe in you. And because I believe in you, we, and I know that you love this guy, then, then we want our chance to be able to work with you, okay? And so if, do it the best you can to make sure you get to the workshop. Okay, my friend? Sure. So don't, don't, address, uh, don't, don't address it anymore. The only thing that I've said was that, um, that messages like that are hurtful to me. Which oh, I'm sure they hurtful are. to me. And, I, and yeah. I, I lifted at that. I didn't tell him. You shouldn't allow her to do that. And why did you leave it on her car? Because that's the other thing I'm thinking. Why would you, why would you leave yeah. it on the car? The the first thing that, that she did, I, I can understand if he didn't see. But the second thing was so this is like just kind of open that anybody could yeah. have seen that. So I don't understand why he left it there for me to see. I feel like he might have. Yeah. It wasn't real bright. What is that? <laughs> it wasn't no? real bright. All right, my As a friend. matter of no. fact, he only erased the XOXO at the bottom. When I when yeah. I called it out and then he he erased that part. Why would you leave that part and not the other part? Is that a sign of the the limerence where these treasuring little things that she does? But after after we meet him, after we get to spend some time, I'll be able to answer the okay. question for you. I'll wait. All right. I'll wait. You take, all right, Latasha. <laughs> you take care of yourself, my friend. Okay. Thank you. Thank now, you. Okay. Thank you. Just for those of you who are, are not familiar with it. We do online workshops now because the, of the COVID-19. We are not doing in-person workshops. We've done in-person workshops for 20 years and had tremendous success with those. But we had to stop doing those because of the COVID rules and all that kind of thing. And so for the last several weeks, we've been doing online workshops. To my surprise, because I was the one arguing against the online workshops, but to my surprise, 
uh, we are having just as good of effect, actually a little bit better effect with the online workshops than with the in-person workshops. And it really does help people financially to come to the online workshops because they don't have airfare to fly to Middle Tennessee, hotels to pay, all those kinds of things. And so it's much, much better for them financially. And, and we're having just these amazing results with the online workshops. And we started doing something we have never done before. We wouldn't do it in an in-person workshop, but online. And that's what Latasha was just referring to. And that is we're now doing workshops for solo spouses. Now, we've only done a couple so far. And we're going to do some more. And, and so people, and I did that last one. I did the one that Latasha was in. That's how I know who she is. And so uh, people from all over the world in that particular solo workshop, 42%, I think, of the people in that workshop were from other countries than the United States, and they were all around the world. And, and so, therefore, even if you're the solo spouse, the other spouse is not willing at this point to want to work on the marriage to make things better. The solo spouse workshop, we go through the material that we do in a regular workshop, but with a special emphasis talking to you, the spouse who wants to save the marriage. And so we address it differently than we do in the couple's workshop. We sort of the same powerful material, but specifically tailored to you as the individual. And so if you're interested in that solo workshop, please call that number, that our office number, which in America is 615-472-1161. Go to our website, marriagehelper.com. You can find it there. Or that toll-free number, 866-903-0990. And when you do that, you can find out about the solo workshop. And for a while maybe forever. I'm going to be the one doing the solo workshops. We have other people that do the couples workshops as well. They've been doing it for years and they do a great job, but I do the solo workshops and I think I'm going to keep it that way. <laughs> I really, I really like doing those. And you can find out about those by contacting us. And so now let's go over to the state of Michigan and talk to Don. Hi Don. How are you today? Hello. I'm here. Good. How may I help you? Can my you friend? hear me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks for taking my call. You're very welcome. And uh, I've really been wanting to try. I've tried this a couple different times, and it just doesn't work out timing. Um, so I got this Father's Day, right? And um, I got a little bit of a problem. I want to go, uh, you know, go over and see my father, uh, tell him a happy Father's Day. My uh, sister and her family live there with my parents. Um. <laughs> The problem is, is that me and my sister discovered back in February of 2019 that there was some inappropriate discussions going on between my wife and her husband secretly online through like a, a thing called Discord. Okay, and between your wife was, and your sister's husband? Yes. Okay, all right. And um, – Prior to that, as of October 2018, my wife decided to stop having sex with me. She was decided mm. to just be mad and show me that she was unhappy with us. And mm. um, it was a tough time. Mm-hmm. You know? And then February 21st, my sister discovered that they were having this, 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 these private discussions. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like my wife was baiting my brother-in-law to lure him away from her. At least that's the way it looked. And mm-hmm. their, their marriage wasn't happy. My, my sister has admitted to, you know, I wish I'm looking back. I wish I could fix all this. She's got a list, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, so I'm, so here's that, you know, that's been a long time now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
since then, I'll say that me and my wife have been working on this. We're, we're mm-hmm. getting along. We're roommates. Okay. We have two children, two sons. Um, you know, I guess what I'm trying to get at is what I, I want to give you some information, but I want to see if you can give me a feel for how much exposure should I allow my wife to have around this guy, like for family events. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so as far as you know, the um, conversations they were having are, are over. Is that correct? As far as I know, and as far as my sister knows, she mm-hmm. actually checks his phone every now and then. Um, mm-hmm. She watches how long, kind of mm-hmm. they, how long they track each over. other's phones. Uh, I don't believe it's taken place since it was discovered. Which was when? Um, February 21st. Oh, so this year, just a couple of months ago. 2019. Or three months. Oh, a year ago. Oh, a year ago. All right. As far as you know, were the conversations just them talking, or was it sexual? Was it romantic? Was it anything like that? It was romantic. Ah, Okay. And so they were in the the process of maybe developing an emotional affair kind of thing? Is that what you're saying? Um, we kind of felt that way, okay. you know, and uh, there's been conversations I've had with my wife since then mm-hmm. that have, she's explained to me, I'm sorry I did that. I don't, I'm sorry it happened. You know, she, mm-hmm. she, she says sorry, but she's like irritated. She didn't like being discovered. She, mm-hmm. um, okay. Um, so is the biggest fear you have is if that if they're around each other, it might rekindle something, or is it a bigger oh, yeah. fear about how your family might treat her? Which is it? She's worried about uh, who knows. I'm telling her <laughs> I haven't told my parents. I'm telling her uh, I, I I did tell her that I had like four men in my church, or two men in my church, and two other spiritual men start praying for us when I first found out about our problems. She doesn't mm-hmm. like that. She didn't like that. She didn't like people knowing there's a problem. And she's suspicious okay. that my parents know because my sister lives with the parents, right? Okay. And so and I've so tried a couple times to have some. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So basically, I, she's the one that doesn't want to go over there. Well, she says, she, okay, so I tell her that they don't know. Right. So she's like, well, she suspect, she expects us then to actually do go there. Um, okay. Like let's go down there and say this family is nothing's wrong, everything's okay. wonderful. And so how do you I think your sister would react? Suspicious. Mm-hmm. How do you think your sister would react? Um, so it was a big deal. We did have a Christmas family get together, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. family Christmas get together, and it was a big mm-hmm. deal. It took a lot. There was another event where my son had a band concert. We had a. Mm-hmm. They sat somewhere. And how did your sister treat your wife? Fine. Okay. And so would it bother your sister if you and your wife went over there? You know, I sent her a message, told her that I want to go over and, you know, mm-hmm. I got a present for my dad. I want to give mm-hmm. him, a, you know, a Father's Day thing. I haven't got a reply from a text. Um, there's, you know, I'll, I'll say this, you know, my sister and wife met each other once and they talked and they has apologies and mm-hmm. this is what I mean. But she doesn't okay. like my sister and she doesn't trust her and, and I did the same okay. thing with him. All right. We, we've so mostly what, what I'm hearing, 
then is that the biggest reason, here's, this is what I'm hearing you say, and if I'm wrong, you could tell me, but what I'm hearing you say is the biggest reason that you don't want to go over there is because you don't want her around him. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. She knows, she understands it. She says, I know that sets you off. I know that bothers you. But uh, at the same time, I'm trying to gain her trust. And mm-hmm. I feel like I got to do, I got to go through this tough thing to try and gain her trust. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when it comes to what you're saying here, when you're saying, okay, I've got to make a decision as to whether I take my wife around my family, my, my parents, because my sister and husband live there, they're going to be involved with each other. And, and I think I got a big enough picture. I mean, I got a lot of questions there and, and I got a lot of answers. But if your biggest fear is that you think that they might rekindle the relationship they had, if you've got to decide if that's a big enough fear for you, that it's going to cause you consternation. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to find a better way to say that. If it's a matter of, okay, I might be a tad uncomfortable, but I don't think they're going to rekindle. They didn't really get that far involved with each other. And I really do need to be around my family and my wife and I are making progress. The decision it would seem to me that you've got to make is, is it going to cause me so much emotional difficulty that it's going to be damaging for me and therefore damaging to our relationship, or is it just going to be uncomfortable for me? Now, if I thought in any shape, fashion, or form that she might rekindle, that there was even a possibility of that rekindling, I certainly wouldn't if it were I. But if if you think they're well past that, and she's talked to your sister, they talked it out, they made the apologies, all those kinds of things, and you think that primarily it's just about you don't trust him, then then it's just a decision of how big a problem is it. My guess well, my suggestion, of course, it's your life. You're making a decision. My suggestion is this. If you think there's any danger of rekindling, don't go. If you think that is going to damage you to be around the two of them in the same room, don't go. Because if it damages you, it's going to damage your relationship with her. Now, if you can be around your parents without being around your sister and that guy, I mean, I don't know if your parents are getting it out during the pandemic, but if they were to get out, invite them to your house. Now, if they won't get out, I guess that makes a totally different situation. But it would seem to me that in most situations, except for the potential pandemic problems, that most situations you could find a way to be around your parents without necessarily being around that guy. Okay, and now we're going to go to the great state of Colorado, I believe it is, and talk to Russ. Is that right, Russ? Are you in Colorado? Yes, I am. Okay, how may I help you, my friend? Well, thank you for taking my call. I'm... Uh... I'm going through a pretty rough time that started probably in January. Um, my wife and I have been married for two years, um, dated for a year. Uh, it was a long distance relationship. Um, she moved to Colorado when we got married. We're both strong Christians. Um, one of the things I was really attracted to about her is her statement that monogamy is extremely important to her. Good. Um, it's equally important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things that I developed an understanding of as we got to know each other is that she has a lot of trust issues. She is constantly afraid of being vulnerable in a relationship, and she has accused me of cheating even when we first started dating, but we kind of worked through that. And then ever since we've been married, she has had this incredible fear that I'm cheating, and she does a lot to investigate what I'm up to thinks if I'm at work that I'm actually lying about being at work or Hmm. thinks that if I'm doing something on my phone, thinks it's hiding a secret lover or secret contact or Hmm. 
that I'm in either an emotional relationship or that I'm using pornography or I'm doing other mm-hmm. things to, to go outside the marriage. Um, back is, in this January, of a, she, is this coming out of childhood, her childhood, or from a previous relationship she was in? Which um, I, There's a little bit of both. Uh, she's had previous relationships that she said people have cheated on her. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's also some other issues that, uh, and, and I kind of, you know, I don't know how much of her personal life I want to get into, but I can mm-hmm. definitely say that there are, there has been a, a pattern of seeing examples of people cheating in her, even in her childhood that have contributed okay. to, I think a very, almost like a okay. PTSD thing is what we've determined. Yeah. Um, attachment, she, we would say that she's preoccupied. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So how may I help you, my friend? So in January, she left me for six weeks and moved back to her home state because mm. she believed that I had cheated on her again. Um, she mm. used the evidence that she thought that there was, you know, makeup on my work clothes. And I had never gone anywhere. There was nothing of the sort. And I, I even saved the clothing that she described and there was nothing on it. But she accused me of washing the clothes. She, she's almost in a constant state of hypervigilance watching her mm-hmm signs of me cheating and then she immediately rushes to the belief that I have um, mm-hmm. we worked things out in January uh, she was gone for six weeks mm-hmm. mid-February she came home and we were doing really well and then we had another incident on Mother's Day and uh, we had had three weeks of really good um, togetherness closeness and and then all of a sudden she started getting these very bizarre beliefs that I was cheating on her based on things that just did not make sense. And she concluded very abruptly on the morning of mother's day that I had been, I had gone into the bathroom and I had been doing, you know, I'd masturbated or something instead of Mm -hmm. having sex with her, which hadn't happened. Um, She ended up telling me that she was going to leave. I didn't want her to leave. Mm -hmm. And uh, I tried to get her to stay. I, I actually didn't want to give her the keys because she was going to load. She brought her suitcases up, says, I'm leaving. I'm going back home. So did you withhold um, the keys from her? I, I was holding on to them for a little bit because there was also, she'd had a medication change recently that could be affecting some things even right. more drastically. And so when you were holding um, on to the keys, did she begin to intensify? Yeah. Um, I ended up okay. giving her the keys. She actually called the police to come mm-hmm. and uh, they, they came and basically we, separated mm-hmm. um nothing nothing criminal had occurred gotcha i understand i was so, so stressed out so she's someplace else now right oh you stressed out you do do yeah. something i was so stressed out i i just said okay i'm going to when the police were here i i left the house I was going to mm-hmm. go to my parents house give us time mm-hmm. to calm down my therapist has said that's what i need to do rather than letting things escalate in the midst of that she tried to hug me she tried to tell me hey we need to work this out but i was so and so she felt rejected. I, mm-hmm. So she's apart from you so now, I, is that correct? Yeah. So I drove okay. to my folks' house. She tried to reach out to me in text. I didn't take the right. text initially, but I tried later that evening. Since no, that time, she has she moved the next day, took everything she owns in a U-Haul. Mm-hmm. She's gone now. Okay. Has blocked so how may I help you? What can I do for you, my friend? She told me that she's filing for divorce. She told me that mm-hmm. she has already got a boyfriend. She's been gone for six weeks. I'm expecting mm-hmm. to get divorce papers in the mail. I mm-hmm. don't know how to respond to that. I love her dearly. I know that everything mm-hmm. she's afraid of is not is not true, but 
but I don't mm-hmm. know how to proceed. I don't know if this is something that there's even anything I can do. She's told me not to contact her because she would call it harassment. Mm-hmm. Um, told me that she has a boyfriend, and now I'm just waiting in limbo, and I want to stand for this marriage. I want to mm-hmm. recognize that she may be going through some sort of a panic phase of some kind, but I, I don't know what to do. I just need help. Okay. Well, my heart breaks for you because of what you're describing is extremely painful to go through. When you live with a person who is that preoccupied, and, uh, and we can go into a lot of explanations about attachment styles, but I don't know how that, that or attachment theory, I should say, which includes a thing called attachment styles, but I don't know how beneficial that would be to you. If you go look it up on the Internet, you're going to find all kinds of contradictory information that might be more confusing. So it might be that I shouldn't tell you about attachment theory anyway. I don't know. Russ, my heart breaks for you, my friend. But based on your description, and of course, that's all I know. All I know is what you have described based on your description. Uh, it appeared to me that your wife would continue to follow the same pattern until she gets some kind of a therapy to help her overcome this preoccupation, that this anxiety that she has. And those kinds of things almost always come out of childhood. Of course, I don't know your wife, and I'm not a therapist, and I'm not making a diagnosis of her whatsoever. But these things almost always come out of childhood. And typically... Unless a person can, you know, with the help of the partner, work through it, which she has not done with you and apparently will not allow it to happen with you, then the kind of therapist that probably would be the best equipped to help her would be one who is experienced in emotionally focused therapy, EFT, it's often called. And if she were willing to go to therapy with somebody who's gifted in EFT and understands attachment theory, they potentially could help her. You mentioned that she changed medication, so I'm assuming she's on some kind of medication for these things, which would lead me to speculate about all kinds of other things going on. But the bottom line, which just breaks my heart to say, when another person is dealing with emotional or psychological issues, and at the very least, at least based on your description, that's all I can go from, she's dealing with some very strong emotional issues. We who love them husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, who we that love those people can't really do anything unless they get the professional help they need to go through it. If she really does have a boyfriend that quickly, then that's further evidence of this. If she just said that to get you to leave her the heck alone, which would be my guess, but of course I don't know her, it's still indicating that she doesn't want you to have any contact with her. Now, Bryce, you can beat yourself up all you want to that when she wanted to hug you, when she wanted to text you, that you didn't respond then. But what value is there for beating yourself up for what's in the past? Should you have done it differently? Sure. But hey, every one of us on the planet have those stories. Yeah, this is, oh boy, if I'd have done this differently then, if I'd have done that differently then, then you can't change what happened. You sound like an extremely intelligent man. I know that you love this woman. But unless somehow somebody who has influence over her can convince her to get the kind of help that she needs, I don't know that there's anything that you can do, my friend. And my guess is the more that you would try to do, the more it's going to go just the other way. That's my guess. But again, I don't know her. I am so, so sorry. I really am so sorry. And so now we're going to go over to the great state of Texas and speak to Heather. Hi, Heather. How are you? Hi, Dr. Joe. Um, How are you today, Heather? 
I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. So <laughs> I, inter- I interrupted the flow of your thinking twice now. I'm so sorry. Well, I, I, go ahead. I won't interrupt again, I promise. <laughs> May I help you? I had to write it out because I'm nervous. So <laughs> I'm trying okay. to kind of like read my thoughts. Yeah, it's but, okay. Um, it's okay. So my question, I'm going to start with my question, is my husband um, has admitted to being in limerence. Um, we went to a couple's therapy, and I asked something of the therapist about limerence, and then so my husband went home and Googled it. And, of course, he actually – I sent him one of your podcasts when he first left, so he knew all about you and stumbled upon your limerence video. And he was, like, almost excited coming down saying, I have limerence, and I think I'm in stage three. And so I thought we were, you know, on our way, right? Well, um, it didn't turn out that way, and he's really struggling right now because he he just doesn't know what to do. He's so in love with the LO, and he is, misses her so much. They were at work together, and because of COVID, he was laid off back in April. So I think all contact was cut off in April, but my assumption was all all contact was cut off in December when he decided mm-hmm. to come back. Right. So my question is, is there something in addition to his therapy that he can do to get him through this limerence? Um, mm-hmm. He, he is drinking, not heavily, mm-hmm. but like, not heavily, but he, I've asked him to stop. Um, it's a problem. Like before he, he, we were separated for about five months. And mm-hmm. one of the stipulations of him coming home was that he needed to stop drinking and he mm-hmm. chose to just hide it in the closet. So we're in an in-house separation now. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he does, he, before he came back, he was, he, from, from bank records, it looked like he was drinking about a six pack a night. He's just a beer drinker. Well. And I was, really concerned and my coach advised and my pastor advised to confront him on the drinking. And so with the help of his counselor, we didn't do an intervention, but my kids, I have two boys and they wrote him letters. I wrote him a letter. His dad wrote him a letter, but he just like freaked out about that. And so Mm -hmm. we've been um, home and he's now just, I don't know how much he's drinking because he's hiding it from me, but it doesn't seem to be that much, but he just seems emotionally stuck. And last night, you know, we had to sell our house. So we're in the process of doing that because he was laid Mm -hmm. off. He did get a job, but um, I was ready to be done. And Mm -hmm. he's like, I don't want a divorce. And I was like, okay, but you haven't shown me anything that says you don't want to, you know, a divorce. You treat mm-hmm. me terribly. He ignores me or he, um, if I may ask, how old is we your were husband? Supposed to, my husband's 44. Okay. And, and we've been married 20 years. Okay. Well, you sound much younger than that young lady. You have a younger voice. So what is yeah. it that I can do to help you, Heather? Um, what can I offer him or how, like yesterday he told me, um, I miss her. I love her. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, I understand that. I'm so sorry you're hurting. Mm-hmm. And I went inside. And then when he came back out, he goes, you asked me a question and I answered it. So I just said again, I'm so sorry you're hurting. So mm-hmm. what can I do? 
what can I do to support him through this grieving time? Like what, what is the best? Well, you're on the right the track. You really are on the right track, Heather. The fact that you would say, I'm so sorry you're hurting. If, if you wanted to make that stronger, and of course this has to do with your own personality and what you can and can't deal with. But if you were to do it a little stronger, it would be something like, I understand how you feel. You know, I, I accept the fact that you feel that way. Now, stay with me before you react to that. I accept the fact that you feel that way, and I look forward to when you feel that way about me again. What I mean by that is, say, I'm, I'm so sorry you're hurting is good. That's really good because it's, it's not attacking him. It's trying to understand him. The more you can do to communicate that you understand his pain, the more you can do, the better it will be for him. But, Heather, don't do it to your own detriment. And so if you were to say those kinds of things to him, but it was really going to upset you or cause you a lot of problems, that kind of backfires on you somewhere along the line. But I'm saying so far that you're extremely strong. By the way, if he is indeed in phase three, if he is, then and it, uh, it's not unusual, Heather, that people kind of go from three back to two into three, back to two into three, that they go back and forth and back and forth for a while. And when there is a, uh, a separation of them that a person has no decision in, in other words, if he had said to himself, I'm not going to talk to her again, that's tough enough. But if it's may kind of forced on you, either she forced him on it, uh, forced it on him or the situation like the virus forced it on him, it makes it a little bit tougher and it takes it a little bit longer when you make your own decision. It's faster. If it's forced on you, it takes a little longer. But if indeed he's in phase three and the fact that you said he watched those videos and made that decision himself, it, it indicates he's probably you know, just barely in the phase three, but headed in that direction. You, by the way, are amazing. The fact that you could say those things to him tells me you're a pretty strong person. Um, it I was correct? the Holy Spirit. Oh, good for God. That was the Holy Spirit. That was good, not good. me. <laughs> yeah, good for God. I'm I'm so good with that. Now, when it comes to the drinking, the fact that he's hiding it from you means it's too much, no matter how much it is. Are you with me? Yeah. You know, I, I am a big uh, believer in AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, I have been to several of their meetings over the years myself. And drinking the way you're describing it, probably indicates that that's how he's self-medicating. Even if he's not drinking a six pack a night, which by the way, it's definitely, definitely too much liquor. But if you're just drinking less than that, it's in the fact that he's hiding it from you, probably in the case that he's self-medicating. The counselor that he's seeing is the counselor trying to help him with his emotions, trying to help with the marriage, trying to help with what, what is the counselor's purpose? Well, we we went as marriage counseling first, and then he mm-hmm. he said, "I want to see your husband alone for a mm-hmm. while." And I totally agreed with that. And I've been working with David as a coach, and okay. um, so you know David's expertise with with alcoholism and. The counselor is, I mean, he, like you mentioned, he's EFT and he's attachment theory and he's um, an addiction specialist. So he's the right person, but I just don't, I guess I'm feeling impatient, like Mm -hmm. big, huge life changes are happening right now and Mm -hmm. I'm moving and, you know, my husband still hasn't decided if he's moving with us. And I don't even know if I want him to move with us if he hasn't made that commitment. We were mm-hmm. supposed to do the early June workshop, and at the last minute, he refused to do it. 
Hmm. And this, and that's the third time he's backed out. So I haven't hmm. been able to get him to workshop, and I'm just like, I, I like gave hmm. up, gave up, and then he like every time he senses that I've given up, he like tries to call me back and and mm-hmm. say no, 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 I don't want a divorce. So I okay, just don't. So- so he does not want to lose you, and that's a really, really good thing. And that also would indicate that phase three thing. And so, Heather, it's a matter now of whether you can be patient. Now, I hear you very clearly when you're saying, I'm being impatient. Get it. I understand. I really do. But if if you can be, if you really want to say that, if you believe, if you believe that this is really a good man who's messed up, and therefore he's a good man worth rescuing, if you really believe that, then you said the Holy Spirit was in you. Ask the Holy Spirit for patience, <laughs> seriously, to give you more strength to do that so that so that you can stay there a little bit longer. Now, at some point, do people sometimes just need to give up and move on? Yeah, sometimes they do. But based on what you're describing me, here's a man who wants to be rescued, who's still messed up emotionally. He is, there's no doubt about that. But he wants to be rescued. And so it's really your decision, Heather. Do you wait it out? And I know it's got to be difficult. I know it's got to be painful. I know it's got to be frustrating. But basically, it's your decision. You can leave him or you can rescue him. Or I take that back. Help rescue him by doing what you think is the best thing to do. Now, when it comes down to, okay, I'm moving. I don't know if I want him to move with me or not unless he makes a commitment. There's one other resource that I'll recommend to you and to everybody else who's listening, and that's this. If you go to marriagehelper.com, I think it's, I think you can find it there, marriagehelper.com, and look for a thing called the Definitive Guide to Boundaries. The Definitive Guide to Boundaries is actually an hour and 15-minute audio that I made a long time ago where it was about, okay, not only boundaries, but criteria. In other words, these are things that have to stop. This can't happen anymore. And how do you do that? But on the other hand, these are the things that have to happen. And here's what happens if they do occur. Here's what happens if they don't occur. Now, I'm making an updated version of that. I've been working on it for several weeks now. I don't know when I will be done with it. But it's a much, much more involved, much, much more detailed new version of it that'll be out sometime in the next few months. I just can't tell you when because I'm so overwhelmed with so many things. But I would recommend right now you find that definitive guide to boundaries. It might give you a little bit better, you know, idea about what to do. But back to your original question. How do you help him? I think what you're doing is awesome. If you can do more of that and try not to put too much pressure on him as he's in this vacillation stage of coming out of phase two into phase three, if you can. But Heather, not at the cost of you, not at the cost of your own health, physically, intellectually, emotionally, or spiritually. Okay. All right. Now we're going to go to Missouri and we're going to go to Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Dr. Beam. <laughs> How are you, my friend? I, I'm doing all right. Sorry, my, you know, 11 month old decided to start fussing. <laughs> you got on air. My timing is often perfect, okay, when it comes to knowing if there's a baby in the house. <laughs> Just somehow, it's an instinctability I have <laughs> to click on the caller with the baby. <laughs> so how may I help you today, Erin? Well, I'll start with my question. Um, so my question basically is, when your spouse starts to turn back towards you, um, mm-hmm. how do you kind of handle as an individual some of the inconsistencies Maybe it's something that happened in the past when he hadn't been turning back towards you and he's still lying about it, um, or you just feel like there's some 
things that are going on. Um, my husband is not living in the home right now. He moved out in February, uh, in January. <laughs> this one's fun. On my son's fourth birthday, mm-hmm. I discovered the affair through text messages on my husband's phone while the other woman was in my house because her daughter is my son's best friend. What did you do? She was in your house when you found out. Were you there? I was there. I was in the house. I, I, I had this moment where just there was an inkling and he was putting our daughter to bed. I walked into the kitchen. I opened his phone, which I've always had free access to, and mm-hmm. what I'm curious is, what did you say to her? I'm curious. I'm just really uh, curious. What did you well, say to her? I, I pulled my husband into the room alone first and waited until he came out from uh, putting our daughter to sleep. And after 40 minutes, he finally admitted what was going on. Um, mm-hmm. We walked into the what? living room, and to her, I looked at her and I said um, something to the effect of, I have a lot of respect for you as a single mother whose father of your daughter has left you and abandoned you. I know that your father is not good to you. I said, Mm -hmm. and as someone trying to provide for your daughter, I respect you, but what you've done to my family is vile. And I said, and while I don't believe this now, I'm going to say it anyway. I forgive you. What was the last sentence, last phrase? I said, um, and while I don't believe what I'm saying right now, I know that someday I will, and I forgive you. Oh, I got you. I understand. You are amazing, young lady. I mean, that <laughs> is so strong, and yet you, you weren't mean. You weren't vicious. You were, you were strong. You were right to the point. So, okay, you just made my list of people I'm impressed by. So how may I help you? <laughs> what can I well, do for you I today? Well, um, we went through several months of of it being really difficult. Obviously, he tried to vilify me. Um, he, yeah. uh, we, a lot of people in our lives know um, mm-hmm. because he called them the next day and told them. <laughs> and okay. um, but then people started to realize what was actually going on, and right. he um, moved out to my father-in-law's acreage. And slowly mm-hmm. but surely, I've been practicing smart contact. But I've been, and he's been turning back towards me in the last couple of months, like our anniversary was a few weeks ago uh, on mm-hmm. our anniversary. He sent me a beautiful text message basically saying, I'm not paying right. attention to what's happened in the past, and I'm looking forward to several anniversaries in the future. Awesome. Um, so how, how, turning, how, how may I help you? What can I do for you, Erin? Um, sorry. I'm just, I guess I'm just kind of – there's still some inconsistencies and in things that, like, have been going on. Like, mm-hmm. I get, and I'm – I'm struggling, but as he's turning back towards me, I think I'm becoming scared. And and so he's talking about coming home, but he won't say mm-hmm. when. Um, mm-hmm. He's starting to notice the issues with our four-year-old. He's very adamant we don't speak the names of these people around, around mm-hmm. them just because he doesn't want our son to start asking for her again kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see where he's been really protective, and and he showed me last night that he had blocked the other woman from his phone. Good. Um, and Good. while they've been con- communicating through other apps, I know that they were. Um, mm-hmm. So I haven't seen those. I just saw the phone. I'm, I'm trying like to. He's going in the right direction. So what happening. I'm hearing is that you're having some 
apprehension because of the fact that he's still being occasionally inconsistent. And so is that what the question's about? I think so. I think it's just when I still know that there are things that have happened that he's still lying about, even Mm -hmm. now when I've said, it's okay if you tell me the truth Mm -hmm. or that like he went and hid a bunch of app purchases that had been Mm -hmm. on his phone, but he knows I can see them. So right. those kinds of things that I'm like, why are why why is that still happening? Mm-hmm. If so much progress is over here, I guess. Okay, and so you want to reconcile, but you're apprehensive about reconciling. Is that what I'm hearing you say? I think so. I think as we get closer to it actually happening, I'm getting more scared. Okay. Well, that's honest, and that's a good thing to be honest. So let me tell you what we're going to do. We will soon, it's not ready yet, we've actually recorded about the first half of it, and and we'll be recording the next half of it probably next week, and then it has to go through editing. So we're probably, it's still four to six weeks away, okay? And this is a, a new course, a new course we're doing online about how to reconcile. And, and when that's done, I'm going to give you the very first version of it. I'm going to give you the first copy, my gift to you. Oh, Now, remember, remember it's going to take at least four to six more weeks, minimum. So don't, yeah. don't, uh, don't start panicking like he forgot it. We're working on it, <laughs> but it's going to take a while. <laughs> so it, it takes me okay. a couple of months to get it to you. Don't freak out. But in this particular thing <laughs> that we're working on, this new, this new reconciliation online course thing, it's going to be several hours, uh, two, at least three or four hours of videos. And, and along with a, a booklet you print out and some things like that. And it's designed for you guys to work through together. And interestingly, you can start using this course without deciding to reconcile. It has five steps in it, five steps. But you don't make a decision about whether to reconcile until step number four. But if you do the okay. five steps in order, the way they're supposed to be done, when it comes time to make the decision about reconciliation, you have a lot of confidence about whether to do it or whether not to do it. Because if you do the first three steps correctly, then reconciling or deciding to reconcile, at that point you know everything you need to know, you've got everything you need to have, and and it's going to be really, really effective. Now, just give me a couple of months, okay? But they've already written yeah. your number, and we're going to contact you back, and I'm going to send you that. I'm not saying that you need to wait two months to reconcile, okay? I'm not telling you right. that. But I'm telling you that what you're experiencing, what you're going through is very, very normal. And it's not unusual for a person to not be truthful about everything. I don't have time to explain all that now. Let's just say it this way. It's what I call a fear point. And a fear point is I've told you the truth about this. I've told you the truth about that. But somehow they get it in their mind. But if I tell you the truth about this other thing, everything might all fall apart. And when people hear their fear point, they will lie. And therefore, will they become inconsistent? Absolutely. Does that mean that they're just a natural born liar and you're never going to trust them? No, that doesn't mean that at all. Because if he were a natural born liar that you knew not to trust, you would have known that a long time before now. The fact that he's doing what he's doing right now sounds to me like you guys have a good shot at putting this thing back together. I truly hope that you do. And now we're going to go to the great state of Alaska. And we're going to talk to Gene. Hi, Gene. How are you today? Hi, Dr. Beam. How are you doing? I am rocking and bopping, my friend. What may I do for you? All right. Well, um, my family has had better days 
Um, essentially, my wife filed for divorce uh, early May or last day of April, mm-hmm. and I got the papers and I found out about it when I was serving the papers. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, uh let, let me cut to the chase. Uh essentially um w- we haven't really had an exchange about why she's getting a divorce at all. Mm-hmm. Um and uh we're she, she when she filed for divorce uh she did so um basically she filed a motion in the court uh illustrating that I'm a danger to her and the children. Really? Um, and so uh, how are you dealing with that, my friend? Yeah. Um, so uh, essentially it, it wasn't like a restraining order. It was more like uh, because he's he's bad for me and for the kids, I'd like to severely restrict his ability to be with them. And I, I have to respond to that soon. Mm-hmm. And do you have an attorney? So, so now we get – yeah, I do. Uh, my attorney is, is fantastic. Good. Um my question is, or the background is, I've been trying real hard to do smart contact to be that safe place, not just for her, but for her family, who, given what they have heard, uh, are very apprehensive about me being mm-hmm. around their beautiful kids. Yeah. So I have to respond to her allegations mm-hmm. um, in court, in writing. And she, she has written quite a lot. And, and to be frank, I, I just, to be polite, I disagree mm-hmm. on what she wrote. Mm-hmm. And I, I view this as an excellent opportunity to actually show, uh, at least provide my side of the story. Um, but I, I would love to hear your advice on how to go about that because I, I've been looking at your videos quite a lot. And if, an, if a spouse says, well, you hurt me this way, a good response isn't typically, oh, you have it all wrong. I didn't actually hurt you. It's all in your head. Um, so uh, I, I and, and she will read this document, and I'm certain the people close to her will read the document. So I, I'd love mm-hmm. to hear your advice. Well, first of all, I think that you're very wise to do examine as many things as you can. And you're right. If you're talking to a person one-on-one, you know, saying something back to them like, no, you're just wrong. You don't get it. You understand. It makes them defensive. And so, yeah, you're right about that. But we're not talking about that, Gene. I mean, she's actually made a filing. If I understand you correctly, she's written this down and presented it through her attorney to a judge, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Then you have to do the same, I think, my friend. Now, again, I'm not an attorney, and I cannot give legal advice. But when it comes to I would not worry so much about right now how she might react to what you say. I would, if it were I, I mean, of course, it's always your decision, but if it were I, I would follow my attorney's advice to the letter. Okay. You say, okay, well, what if it makes her mad when I say, you know, I didn't do this and this is what happened instead. The reason that this is important because it's a legal document is it could affect the way that you get to interact with your children in the future. And and therefore trying to be too careful about how she might react to it would not, I think, be the best focus at this point, in my opinion. And of course, you know, again, I'm, I'm repeating, it's your decision. But my opinion is you need to answer this or have your attorney, of course, he'll, he'll quote you and you'll write it together. But your attorney needs to answer this one-on-one. I mean, not one-on-one, what I'm trying to say, fact by fact, uh, point by point, what I'm trying to say. So that 
that the judge can hear your side of it. Now, might that irritate her? Yeah. Might it irritate her family? Possibly. But in the long run, I mean, I hope your marriage works out. That's what we're here for. We try to help people save their marriages. But in the long run, your relationship with your children, no matter what she does, you want to maintain a relationship with your children. And if some judge decides that, that you're somehow a danger to those kids, that's going to be negatively affected. And so what I would do if it were me, if I were the one in that situation, I'd have my attorney answer it uh, forcefully. I would try not to attack her unless I absolutely needed to, had to. I mean, there's no reason to add any acrimony to it. But definitely defend yourself in every shape, fashion, and form. Now, later, if you get a chance to talk to each other one-on-one, then, you know, if she says, but, but you don't understand how I feel, that's when you can say, help me understand what you feel. And that's when you can listen mm-hmm. to be understanding. Is this making any sense whatsoever, my friend? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what, what I'm reading from you is that there's only so many things I can prioritize right now. And if I mess up now, I might be separated from my kids. Yes. Um, so that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and and I, I really like that point you made at the end where, where you're saying that um, – that it might irritate her quite a lot, but it might not irritate her family. Um, that's really helpful for me because uh, over the past month, I feel I've made enormous strides with her family. Like before, they would just flat out ignore me, and now we, I, we greet each, some of them. I greet we greet warmly, and uh, okay. we even play with our children together. You hmm. know, thanks to that smart contact and safe safe space school. Okay. Um, my friend, my heart is with you. I surely hope this works out. But And, and maybe it's because I'm a dad, but I always think in terms of the long-term relationship with the children. Because no matter what a spouse may do, no matter what a spouse may do, you're still going to be dad or mom for the rest of your life, and you don't want anything to stop that. Sounds like you're a pretty smart guy, and you said you got a great attorney. Good for you, my friend. That's a good thing. And then we're going to go to the state of Florida, and we're going to talk to Monica. Hi, Monica. How are you today? I'm good. I could be now, the way you said that, that makes me think maybe you're not good. I heard you say I'm yeah. good, but it didn't sound good. Are you are you not happy today, Monica? Um, I'm actually better today than I was yesterday or the day before. Um, I'm okay. definitely riding a roller coaster of emotions since finding out about my husband's affair May 11th. Um, mm-hmm. But I do want to give a testimony to Marriage Helper in the sense that um, back in December, I had found out that my husband had been exchanging some inappropriate messaging with a woman. Surprisingly, this is not the person he was having an affair with, but over the course of about two years, my husband was, has been on this downward spiral of looking for um, affection and attraction and um, communication outside of our marriage through his job with women he was coming in contact with through his job. Um, and so he had the accessibility to this and he was hiding it. And um, finally in December when this happened, he said, you know what, it's finally out. I don't want to be with you anymore. I want to end this marriage. Um, we've been married for 15 years. We did get married young. We were high school sweethearts. We got married when we were 20. And um, so I, I chalk it up to a lot of almost like a very, very early onset of midlife crisis. And so, you know, I have, have understood that he just maybe was going through a phase that he just felt like he missed out on some opportunities when he was younger. Um, Mm -hmm. 
So long story short, in, Janu- in December, in January, I came across Marriage Helper, which, has, you know, I started utilizing all the tools, smart contact. Um, he had only been out the house for maybe a few weeks, but he was very resistant. When he came back into the house, he came back, but he said, well, you know, this is just my last attempt to try to make it work, but I'm not very hopeful. This was, you know, from him. And then hmm. over course of a couple of months, he really started to change. He agreed to do the reconciliation toolkit. We mm-hmm. were also doing a faith-based program through the church called Reengage, um, and surprisingly, he was very engaged with all the activities. He Good. really, you know, but he he would really be having like he would have these really mean moments where he would just say things that would just would cut really deep. Um, mm-hmm. And throughout this time, I kept having these really, really bad suspicions that there was something still going on. I, you know, I can I am continuously hypervigilant of his phone and. Um, his work phone in particularly, that's where he does all his bad things is through his work phone. Um, mm-hmm. Throughout this time, he kept insisting that there was nobody else. I kept telling him there was no way that you would let our life go because we have this beautiful life mm-hmm. together, beautiful family, beautiful home. Okay, so you had proof you found out that he definitely was involved with somebody else? So I found out um, on May that in May I mm-hmm. grabbed his phone and he had used his social media, which he never does. So to me, he had, must have been desperate, but he used his social media and he was telling a woman that he loved her and that he missed her. Okay. Um, so, so what is that can view for you today, Monica? How may I help you? Yeah. So he has, when that happened, he declared that he wanted to make this work. He has been better than ever. I, I will give him that, but Good. I am dealing with my own, trauma related to this. I'm dealing with my, um, my triggers. I'm dealing with my, and I know that me interrogating him back to back to back, even though I can go days in between, but then when I, when one of those moments hits me, it hits me hard. And so I'm really trying to balance what's the fine line of knowing too much and know, knowing what's going to help me move on. Um, because some things have, you know, he has told me things and I've been able to find healing in those because it keeps my imagination from running wild. And then there's times when he tells me something and I, and I, that just, it just replays over and over and over. So mm-hmm. I am just in a place right now where even though he's proclaiming his love again and that he really wants to work, he doesn't want to lose his family. And now through all this, he realizes that I'm still super paranoid. Um, I'm still super hypervigilant. Um, I found out that every single one of my, every single one of my suspicions over the last year and everything that I believed, you know, he made me feel crazy for that. So now I don't know what I'm to sure do anymore. Extremely painful, extremely painful. Mm-hmm. And I don't I hate know what that happened to you. So what, what may I do to help you? How can I help you with this? I guess I'm trying to figure out how do I balance, like, what is my gut instinct to what is just a trigger? You know what I'm saying? So how do I, how do I rebuild trust and faith in him and in our relationship, um, you know, after going through something so traumatic? And, and, you know, and the fact that I, you know, he did make me so crazy for so long. How do mm-hmm. I know that what I'm experiencing as far as what could be a gut, instinct is mm-hmm. you know is, is real versus him telling the truth I, I i'm just my head is all over the place i want to make this work when, when right. it initially happened it was in shock. i understand i hear you i hear you and mm-hmm. and what i'm hearing you say is that you're thinking this thing constantly that is running ruminating in your head and you're going from one side to the other to the other and it's driving you nuts and i get that i really do 
the thing to understand here and the thing to try to figure out how to do, Monica, is this. It's okay to feel emotions. I mean, you're human, and we would never ask anybody to be anything other than human. And so to feel what you feel. But I actually heard two questions there. One was, how do I handle my emotional outburst? But the other was, how do I know when to trust him and when not to trust him? And if you're tying those two together, I'm assuming that what you're saying is that some days you don't trust him, and that's when you tend to have the emotional outburst. Now, I can't tell you just, okay, trust him. That's going to make it all better because it doesn't work like that. I do know this. If you can kind of find a way not to let your mind keep running on these things. Now, there's a thing called mindfulness, M-I-N-D-F-U-L-N-E-S-S. The difficulty is if you Google it, 65 million responses are going to come up, and and about 64.9 million of those are ridiculous. If you go to a website like Stanford uh, out in California, and, and look for their medical school, for example, and see if they have anything on mindfulness out there. In other words, good, reputable sites like WebMD, not, not other sites, okay, but like WebMD. And I wouldn't go to a medical site. I wouldn't even go to psychology today. Actually, I don't go to psychology today ever. But, but like WebMD or Stanford, other places like that, and type in mindfulness. Because part of what's going to have to happen here, my friend, is you learning how to control your thinking and your emotions now, does that mean that you'll automatically trust him? No. Does that mean that you're still going to not that you will not get upset if you find out he lied to you or deceived you? No, you still will. But the question I'm hearing is, how do you control those emotions? I can't control what he does, and neither can you. But you can control you, and that's what I'm asking you to do. Try to figure out how to control your emotions and not overthink these things because that'll drive you absolutely crazy. And now we're going to go to Ohio and speak to Tina. Hi, Tina. How are you today? Hi, Dr. Joe. I'm doing well. How are you? I am rocking and bobbing. How may I help you, my friend? Um, This is sort of an extension of a conversation I had with you back in August of last year. Um, Mm -hmm. But things have developed in a really different direction. So um, my husband and I have been separated for a year and a half. it's been a roller coaster ride up and down. Um, but come January, uh, early January, he stopped um, communicating consistently and withdrew all financial support from the family. Hmm. And, um, you know, wanted a divorce initially and then didn't mention it for a whole year and then brought it up again in December hmm. and then stopped financial support. So communications back and forth, you know, it's both of our responsibilities to support our son, yada, yada, yada. Um, April, he came, got paperwork, um, talked to him a little bit. He said he would get me some money, nothing. So finally, I got a text saying he's going to send a realtor over and put the house up for sale, just out of the blue. So I, of course, had to get an attorney at that point. Yeah, Filed absolutely. for legal separation, legal separation, because I've communicated consistently. I did not ask for this. I did not want this. I do not want a divorce. <laughs> Um, Is your attorney also getting you financial support? That's what she's working on. Uh, We have a a hearing on July 2nd for temporary orders. Um, But it prevented him from being able to do anything with the house um, so that I could get some stability. So I thought I wouldn't hear from him outside Mm -hmm. of my continuous smart contact of just giving up Mm -hmm. on our son. What's going on? Occasionally saying, hey, here comes an, an event for a grant coming up. Can you split the cost? He doesn't respond to any of those. Um, mm-hmm. But then out of the blue, back in February, 
he started doing the sexting, which is what we talked about back in August. Um, showed up at the house, wanted to be a little bit intimate, fool around a bit, and then nothing again. And then a couple weeks ago, well after I filed, started up again. So, but that's all I'm getting from him. So I guess the court date's coming up. He gets mm-hmm. agitated anytime money's brought up. But mm-hmm. since this is really the only communications I'm getting, or most of the communications I'm getting, I guess what I'm asking is, I'm making it clear what I will and won't do, that I'm still mm-hmm. here, that I still want this. But mm-hmm. I feel like this is not progressing the relationship. It's, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess I feel like it's some communication is better than none. But going into this court hearing and um, continuing communications with him, um, outside of my happy Father's Day, I hope you had fun with the kids. I had a great time. Thank you. You didn't have to buy me gifts from the kids. I just said, I'm glad you had a good time. They like to see you happy. That's the so only is your question about whether or not you should continue to be intimate with him, is that your question? Well, it's not even so much that because the sexting will go on for a week or so, and then he'll stop communicating altogether. And then a couple of weeks will go by, maybe a, a month, and I'll hear very little from him, and then he'll start doing it again. Now, I have to just go back a bit. There was someone in the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, my, understanding, my understanding is she's still in the picture, but this goes on about every month, month and a half with him. Okay. I don't think I'm understanding. So is it just sexting or is he also wanting to have sex with you? No, he wants to, and he wants to involve other people. He's asking for it to go. And this goes back to what you said to me in August, make it very clear that I enjoy this communication with him. I I enjoy being intimate with him, but I'm not going that Mm -hmm. direction. It's a slippery slope. But I guess now that that's, that's basically all the communication I'm getting from him, Dr. Joe, do I still continue to entertain that back and forth? Because it is fun. I, I'm not going to lie. It's fun. But I, and I make myself clear on what I will and won't do, but that's really all the communication I'm getting. Okay. So, Tina, is it worth it to you, the, the, the fun, the, the fact that you get some enjoyment out of it, even if your relationship didn't go back together? Is is that a thing that you would enjoy doing, the sexting with him? Um, I'm enjoying it now because there's still the possibility of mm-hmm. But the question I'm asking is, around, if that possibility I, stopped, if that possibility stopped, if it were just you divorced, but he wants to keep sexting with you, would you keep doing it then? Um, I guess until I was ready to move on. Okay. So the reason I was asking that is I wanted to see how you felt you were benefiting from it. If you feel that you're benefiting from it and it creates a possibility, even if it's not that big a possibility, but a possibility that at some point you might communicate with each other again to the point of being able to put that together. My question is, why would you stop? If you feel you're benefiting from it, it's doing something for you. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. My daughter's trying to talk to me at the same time, and I'm telling her to hold on. Okay. And and so I guess my point would be this. It's it's really your decision. 
but you're still married to the guy, even though you're in the situation that you're in. And if it's doing something for you that you enjoy, and what I heard you say very clearly was, even if there were no hope of putting the relationship back together, you would still do it for a while until you were ready to move on. It's it's not like you're committing adultery or anything, okay? I don't see any wrong thing with it, as long as you're aware of the fact that it has a slight possibility of being able to put your marriage back together, but it and of it in it in and of itself will not put your marriage back together. And also you realize that as things get tougher financially, in other words, the more you do with your attorney, there's a possibility this might go away. It's obviously your decision. You have to do it, but I don't see why you would feel guilty about it. You're still married to the guy. And if it's benefiting you, then why not? Just don't let it put in your head that somehow this is going to be the magic bullet that's going to make everything work out. Because if you do that, you're going to wind up being very disappointed. I'm so sorry. I'm out of time. Thank all of you guys for being part of our program today. For all of you who are still out there waiting, I apologize. I could not get to you. Hopefully next uh, Monday, beginning at 1230 Central Time, we'll start all over again. Until then, take care. <laughs>